Welcome back. We're on episode 38 of Spinal Tap Minute, the podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and none more black eyes the movie This is Spinal Tap, one magnificent minute at a time. I'm Heidi Bennett of HeidiBennett.com. And I'm Sean German of 5minutesofmime.com. And with us today, we have a very special guest, formerly of the Cleveland School of the Arts, Alice Rayback. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining us, Alice. Yeah, thrilled to be here. This is very exciting. It is. It is. (laughs) (laughs) It's great. Yeah. So we are here today to discuss Minute 38 of the movie This Is Spinal Tap. Minute 38 starts with Derek uh, stuck in his egg. We end with the the bridge of the song, Rock and Roll Creation. And in between, the band plays on while uh, some construction goes on around Derek. So yes. Minute 38 is entirely uh, this performance of Rock and Roll Creation. Uh, for those that don't know, Rock and Roll Creation is from the Spinal Tap album of the same name. It's mistakenly referred to earlier in the movie as The Gospel According to Spinal Tap which was a working title, but it was actually released as Rock and Roll Creation in 1977. And uh, I think it's a pretty good song as far as uh, rock and roll goes. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty catchy. But Derek, <laughs> Derek is caught. Yeah, he's yes. stuck. <laughs> well, and I feel like, you know, the, the whole side bit, the whole side piece of action that's happening with the roadie, like the movie within the movie is mm-hmm. something that sets us up for what we see as a theme in so many other Christopher Guest movies, which is the show must go on. There's sort of mm-hmm. this Judy Garland-esque uh, thing of uh, come hell or high water, the show must go on. And we see it in all of his movies, and there's there's sort of um, an earnestness and a, and a ridiculousness to it at the same time that's that's really <laughs> entertaining and really, it's it, it's... I find it hysterical and also really believable. Those moments are real when you're like, we got to get the thing open. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I like how every time we get a good shot of Derek, he's still playing, you know, he's absolutely doing his part to keep the song rolling, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. This is, Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, and the, and the roadie is, you know, he, he goes with the thing and then back with the blowtorch. And he's, <laughs> he's you know, he is not going to give up till till he can set him free. He's like, you know, uh, ride or die kind of roadie that kind you want on your tour. <laughs> yeah, he's he's using all the tools at, at his disposal there. The blowtorch, yes. a hammer, whatever yes. it takes. Absolutely. Yeah, so this, this scene just kind of personifies to me the phrase... Um, and that I've heard before is that comedy is idiots trying the fact that they're, they're trying, they're, they're very ambitious. And this is my first thought. I was thinking about this today, just thinking about the scene. And my first thought was, this is really great in terms of what they're doing with this song, the production value. If I go to a concert and there's eggs and the (laughs) band comes out one at a time as the song starts and you know, first we hear just uh, David on rhythm, and he steps out, and then Nigel comes in and lead. You know, lead guitar. Each each player comes in as their pod opens. Like this is really exciting. And then immediately, my second thought was, this is ridiculously over engineered for one song. There's no right. other song. There's no other 
pod related song. There's no other song about <laughs> creation or birth. <laughs> Just think about it. if you're at this concert and there's no, you know, this stage, I don't see a, a curtain. So they're right. out there. The mm, audience is just true. what the audience sees them. The are our, our roadie there wheeling out. I, they must have had a break between songs. The whole concert stops for about 20 minutes while they're trying to wheel out these huge pods. Then the band gets in. And then, you know, once it's then it's we just come in, it's already going. So we're excited. But to someone who is there having to watch them set this whole thing up. And then what happens after the song's over? That's true. You know, unless, you know, maybe this is like an encore. It works if like the band leaves and they kind of pretend that the show's over and then the lights come back up and then the pods are out, which we we don't know where in the show. We only get one song in, in each city. But if this is happening in the middle of a concert, that means then the whole concert comes to a halt again while they clear the stage of these ridiculous props. <laughs> It's exactly. just like so it's, it's 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 they're trying, but they're they're idiots. <laughs> I, I That didn't even occur to me. And that's brilliant because it didn't even occur <laughs> to me that like this is just a slice of a, you know, the a whole concert. It's so true. Yeah. And I would add that that I was along those lines. I had a similar thought insofar as you've in this sort of late 70s, early 80s, nondescript era, you've got the one dude in the kimono, the other one is kind of punk glam, the other right. one is kind of Lemmy Motorhead with the spike cuff. It's like every trope of that era is represented in some stereotypical costume, and they're not cohesive <laughs> as a unit. They're just all representing what bands could be at that time totally and not really committing good. to it as a group. <laughs> Yeah, although this is their most coordinated <laughs> version of that because they're all in the same color, the col same color way or the same color sure. theme. Whereas sure. usually it's all over the place. But yeah, they all yeah, they're all representing individual style. But they have with the high production value of this pod, pod or egg song, they really come out with them. Um, the most cohesive version of that. But yeah, they're they're they are all representing different something. Styles. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Totally. Yeah. Although as I was kind of looking into thinking about the year the movie came out, and then I sort of went into this dive of like, you know, Judas Priest or Dio or like stuff that kind of was reminiscent and seeing where it where it kind of matches up. And and if you read what those artists of the time say they're like they they pretty much nailed it they nailed yeah, it yeah 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 too close to home most a little say. too yeah <laughs> totally totally yeah seemed to be the overwhelming response yeah yeah and i believe uh sean you mentioned that it's it's not necessarily said in the movie but that the roadie is credited he has a name so yeah so this is uh this is moak and I think this is probably his his big scene, although we've seen him before. Moke is the same roadie who was helping Nigel up when he got stuck on his back during the uh, the guitar solo of Hellhole. And I think we also saw him during the sound check uh, when they were when the band's doing "Give Me Some Money," and he's behind trying to assemble the big demon head right. um, throughout that whole yeah. scene. And the the interesting thing, other than just that, this nameless. Rody actually has a name, uh, or what I thought was interesting. So he's he's played by an actor named Robert Bauer, and Robert Bauer plays a character named Moke in the Sure Thing. 
Hmm. So actually, and it came out, which came out in 1985. So actually, has two different roles where he plays characters by the name of Moak. Um, what are the odds? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what are, What are the odds? Indeed. <laughs> Um, That's interesting because I I think I I don't recall which character it was, but in um, Mad Max Minute, they, you know, they they love to go over the IMDb pages and, you know, investigate all the different other movies and things, projects people have been involved in. And I believe that one of the characters they discovered on there was the same thing. He had been in one other movie and uh, as the same, same name. So. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Cause yeah, the only other actor I really associate that with, uh, of, you know, an actor who's always playing characters by the same name is Tony Danza. Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> God. Happens to always play a character named play Tony. Tony. <laughs> so true. Um, Yes, but he did escape. So he just did Moke twice, and somehow he escaped the uh, the stereotyping of, gotcha. of Moke. That's great. And the, my other little Moke fact that I'll throw out is there's a band named Moke. It's a Dutch indie rock band. Hmm. And I'll, I'll put a link. There's a little article on it, and I'll, I'll put a link up on the website, and that's SpinalTapMinute.com. But I'll, yeah, I'll put a link to uh, a little article I find on it where uh, the members of the band actually deny that the band is named after the character Moak. But uh, I, I just choose not to believe them. Yeah. My decision is, no, they're, they're named after the, the roadie from Spinal Tap. Inspired by. Yes, inspired by. Well, because you see him, he's, he's a hardworking roadie. Yeah. You know, and, and we're, I'm going to assume it's not his fault that the, the pod malfunctioned. So I, I will only give him credit for his, uh, his efforts in getting Derek out. And this is, you know, time is of the essence here. The, the song ends. You've got to get him out before the song ends. Yes. I hope I guess he does we'll, it. Yeah, I guess we'll have to wait until the next minute. <laughs> See what happens. <laughs> So, Alice, we uh, you were recommended to us as a guest, and I'm so glad you joined us, by our old pal Jerry Porter, who joined us in our first week of podcasting. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, he said you had an interesting background in, in film and music, and just wondering what, if any, you'd like to share about your background or any stories um we talked a little bit just before we you know started recording and to see what what you'd like to share right now yeah sure so i they kind of keep sort of ironically intersecting one another i had gone to i i grew up my dad was a cinematographer and i grew up and and kind of followed suit and went to film school at nyu i'm from cleveland um ohio originally And when I got out of school and was looking for a job, I had come home for a visit, never imagining I'd go back, and ended up uh, getting a job as a teaching artist at an inner city arts high school called Cleveland School of the Arts. And so that kind of combined the film and music and teaching. And then to supplement, you know, while I was there, I worked at a um, quite a well-known on the music scene, a a club in Cleveland called Night Town that's um, mainly jazz, but... um, kind of has a, you know, is known for also attracting musicians to come hang out when they're, um, when they're in town. Mm -hmm. Uh, so on any given night you'd have, um, you know, Stevie Wonder was in town and, and asked the guy at the hotel, where's a good place to hang out? And they said night town. And so he showed up, um, another time, you know, these, 
two dudes walked in for breakfast and kind of looked familiar. And it uh, turned out it was Robert Plant from Led Zeppelin having eggs on the patio on a Sunday. (laughs) So it's just kind of a funny, kooky, random place where you get to hear great music and musicians come and hang. Um, And then uh, after they downsized the the program um, at School of the Arts, um, kind of fulfilled a lifelong dream of driving cross country and moving out here to L.A. So that's wow. that's kind of the short story. Um, while in New York, though, worked on a couple of, which is reminiscent of these minutes, some music-inspired documentaries, The Ballad of Ramblin' Jack, and based on uh, the life and, and career of, of, of folk, a folk legend, Ramblin' Jack Elliott, and then um, Life and Debt, uh, produced by um, Bob Marley's Tough Gong. So that was a fun one, too. Oh, wow. Cool. So yeah. anyway, yeah, that's kind of where the, the worlds kind of keep intersecting, and it's it's a lot of fun. As a teaching artist, what were you teaching? Film and video production, mainly, and editing. So kind of, you know, watching a lot of movies and then teaching kids how to use equipment and how to make their own. You know, some some animation and, and uh, digital and still photography, but mainly um, film and video making, production, editing, you know, and then mounting different exhibits through different museums and institutions around town, including Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh, cool. I uh, did a lot with them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So these were kids that had a photography background, and this was kind of an extension of that. So um, it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Yeah. And so speaking of like documentaries and editing, what, what do you think about the editing and, you know, the documentary style of, of Spinal Tap? That's an excellent question that I actually have, have given a lot of thought to in preparation for this, because I think that the, uh, the camera work and the editing of Spinal Tap is so authentic that it is, you know, the thing about Spinal Tap is the production value is such that it is just enough believable and, and you buy into it. And so you question like, is this real? Is this an actual real documentary? Cause it looks like it and it sounds like it and it feels like it. And I think that's large in part to the camera work. So for example, in this minute, you have these medium close-up shots, the three-quarter camera angle. It's edited in a style that it's a multi-camera, you know, setup, which for an arena show is pretty typical. You know, if you're shooting a big concert like that, you're going to have at least three cameras, if not more. But it, a typical setup would be three cameras, one for the wide shot, one for the medium, and then you've got the guy on the floor running around getting the close-ups. So mm-hmm. that's pretty typical for for that kind of a, a rock documentary. And And you look at you know, even if you look at Led Zeppelin's, the song remains the same when they get into the concert footage. It's a great example of, you know, that kind of a setup for filmmaking. And and so it it makes it believable. It it tempers well with what we talked about, the silliness of it and the pods and the roadie with the blowtorch, but but that sort of tempers it out so it's not completely absurd. It it really helps balance the ridiculous with some elements that are quite real and quite authentic. And I think that's great. And the editing, the pace of the editing is is pretty true to form for a rock documentary. It's sort of that medium pace. Um, it doesn't overshadow the music. Mm-hmm. And um, and you get to see the faces, which is what everyone wants to see. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that thick black eyeliner. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So. No, that's great to hear, um, you know, uh, your opinion on that. And that, yeah, I think that's the stuff that we've come back to over and over is the authenticity, the authenticity and the, the ridiculousness and what a great balance it is with them. 
all the details from writing the songs to the costumes to the set pieces to the filming and the editing. So, yeah, they they pretty much they pretty much nailed it. And I think you know when you have someone like Rob Reiner on board, they they know what they're doing. So you you have someone who's who's quite familiar with camera angles and shot setups and and how to do it right. And they really do it well in this scene. They really do it well. I think. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, and I like that we, you know, see the the cameramen on the stage. That seems really mm-hmm. normal and yeah, it's cool. It's cool. A- anything else you guys about the specific minute that you want to talk about? Did you guys feel like I don't know if I'm looking too much, but I that the ending of the minute with the keyboards, I swear to god it's like won't get fooled again by the who. It, it, it's that moment where I'm like, I feel like we're going into Whoville mm-hmm. and it, and it was such an interesting, I don't know if it was an intentional homage or what, but I just kind of every, as I watched the minute over and over, I'm like, this is so the who, and it made me smile. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I know that song, so pardon my ignorance, but do you mean like, you mean the, the, that, that part like of the intro song? where it goes like that, right. Over and over yeah. again with the keyboards and it just sort of was, it, it ended and it made me laugh. Cause I, I felt like, again, it was just a little sort of nod to, to that seventies, you know, rock and roll. Yeah. Yeah. No, that that's, I, I didn't make that connection, but now that you say it, I totally do. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if they've, they, they did it on purpose. If these songs were parroting, specific existing songs yeah but that's we, what we've I talked was, about yeah. it they're always they're you know there's certain tropes and certain types of songs and we've drawn those parallels with with other songs to say oh this kind of sounds like this or it's the same kind of song as that and yeah this is certainly has a very yeah we'll, won't get fooled again with the, yeah, maybe uh, with it just felt like a little sneak like a little wink wink to the who like mm-hmm. you know in a almost in a very loving way mm-hmm. <laughs> like slide yeah. it under the door yeah <laughs> yeah so another one of britain's loudest bands exactly yeah. exactly yeah totally well cool anything else from you sean or shall we wrap this baby up and and head out the door yeah i think i think that's good i think we're we've done a good job to uh for minute 38. Awesome. And um, I believe, Alice, you'll be back with us tomorrow for minute 39. Looking forward to it. Sweet. Cool. Well, then we hope y'all have enjoyed joining us for minute 38 of Spinal Tap Minute. Um, you can find us at all the usual places. Just look for Spinal Tap Minute all over the internet and we'll <laughs> be there. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Alice, if people want to see more of your work or hear more from you, where can they find you? You can check out my collection of uh, travel photos at Eastside Print is my Instagram handle. And you're welcome to, to check them out. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. All right. I look forward to checking that out. Yeah, we look forward to that. And we also look forward to, uh, to everyone joining us back here tomorrow for the next minute. But until next time, and so say all of us, tap, tap, tap into, into America. America. <laughs> When Nigel leaned so far back, he couldn't get back up. That was Moke. (laughs) (laughs) Right on cue. Pulled the plug out of my headphone. Uh Uh-oh. Sorry. Okay, I'm back. There you go. Sometimes I get caught up. All right. And then I'll be the one who has to edit all this stuff out. (laughs) I'm punishing myself. (laughs) Excellent. All right. 
so yeah, so this is uh, this is Moke. <laughs> I'm gonna leave all this in. Not really. Please, please don't. <laughs>